And a very warm welcome to God Botherers with me, Rob Bethel, the layman. And me, the Reverend Martin Little. This is a podcast for those of you who are a little bit curious about this thing called Christianity. What do Christians believe? What do Christians do? And most importantly, to be a Christian, do I have to believe in a bearded sky god? No, no you don't. So join us as we openly explore Christian ideas about life whilst hopefully having a laugh along the way. Hello, Martin. Hello, Rob. <laughs> Good to see you again, brother. Good to see you too. Are you well? Mm. Yeah, I'm all right. A little tired. It's been a busy weekend. Uh, as we were just saying before the before we started the um, recording, uh, it's been a slightly frustrating kind of time. Well, tell us about your 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 woes. Uh, with uh, the technology in the church, what happened? Well, uh, Rob. Um, so the we have this contactless card reader thing, which people are still they come into the church and they're like, "Ooh, you've got a contactless card reader, aren't you special?" <laughs> but actually, every I mean everywhere does now, right? Because we have to take donations and payment for stuff. But anyway, it's um, we use it on Saturday night for a thing called Blues in the Pews, which we do, which is a music night. Which is great. It was a great, successful night with loads of people in. Great night of music. That's great. Um, but the uh, the right at the end of the night, one of my members of my church who helps to run the bar that we run um, came up to me saying, "There's card reader showing this tamper message that's been tampered with, uh, and uh, it's flashing and it won't go away. And uh, mm. basically, the card reader is dead. It's a brick. No, it's unrepairable, which is very annoying because we've you know paid." some money for it you know to own the unit and use it and uh now it's yeah. completely useless and yeah. we bought the thing in order to raise money and now we're gonna have to spend more money buying a new one <laughs> it's very very annoying oh so frustrating so frustrating mm. could um do you think our listeners might be able to help could we do a bit of fundraising <laughs> yeah i'm sure both our listeners would be delighted to help <laughs> Well, they might be rich listeners, in which case that we'd be well, fine. Just yeah, pay two very halves happy. of it. Do you know what right reminds me? We we were watching this movie the other day. You know Bill and Ted, right? Yeah. As in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Well, they made a new Bill and Ted film a couple of years ago called oh. Bill and Ted Face the Music. And, uh, you know, they're in Wild Stallions. <laughs> band and they're, they're old guys they're like middle-aged guys oh, yeah. and they still have never made it their band and and uh and um at one point bill says yeah but if we, if we give up the band what about our fans and ted goes yeah I, i'm sure i'm sure bob and wendy will understand <laughs> so that's yes. a bit what it feels like you know but hey if anybody's listened to this podcast and has some spare money that they feel the lord is leading them to donate to St. John the Evangelist in Highbridge, I'll be more than happy to, you know, take you out to dinner. You're, you're paying, <laughs> like, but... <laughs> what, we'll take your money. Yeah, yeah, Rob's I'm paying. paying. <laughs> <laughs> um, how can people donate? Just Google St. John's Highbridge and then click on gi- click on giving. Oh, yeah. brilliant. Okay, Thank let, you. let's try and um, do something good here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how are you, Rob? I haven't asked you. Brother. I'm okay. I've had two bowls of cereal for my dinner. <laughs> what kind? Was it special K? Uh, I had muesli. Okay. And then I had a bowl of fruit and nut. Oh, mixing it up. 
Yeah, well, I ran out of the muesli. (laughs) (laughs) That's quite... Did you have a big lunch then? Well, we had a fry up at at lunchtime. So, yeah, we couldn't... And I think we were just really tired and couldn't be bothered to make anything. So uh, we made... uh, Well, Kate, my wife, made the kids something for Mm. dinner. And and, and you uh, just had cereal? We just... That's cereal. Well, Kate had something else more sophisticated. I think she had avocado on toast. But um, <laughs> but seriously, if I uh, lived on my own, I probably would just live off cereal. Wow! <laughs> but you're feeling full, full of full of fiber and ready to rock. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to go to tackle <laughs> this huge question: the problem of suffering. Dun dun dun. Yeah, man, we picked an absolute doozy for tonight. I think, yeah, are we ready for what this? A, well, I think you know, in some ways, you've just got to sort of face up to it, haven't you? Let's just do it. So, can I can yeah. I sing you something? Yeah, man. All things scabbed and ulcerous, all pox, both great and small, putrid, foul, foul and gangrenous. The Lord God made them all. And that is a little snippet from a Monty Python song. <laughs> yes. Yes, I know I know the song well. Oh you do? Do you? Yeah. You're yeah, a Monty yeah. Python yeah. fan. I am. I am. Ah, ah. Yes. So um Yes, yeah, so last week we talked about mental illness, but we were still left with why. Why is there mm. suffering in this world? Um, if we so, yeah. Why is there pain? Um, so, pain, thinking of pain specifically, do you think mm. pain is useful in this world in some way? Well, it, yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because we we would have to try and imagine a world without pain. Um, or where pain didn't play any role. I mean, pain is helpful in some ways. It tells you something's wrong, doesn't it? You know, if somebody's yeah, somebody, somebody, you know, attacks you with an axe, say, could happen. It could. Um, you know, the pain is a sign that you know perhaps the axe has made contact, and maybe that's not the most healthy situation. <laughs> so it's you know, pain pain is is essential in a lot of ways, isn't it? To to show us when something's wrong and to take evasive action, as they say, run mm. away from the axe murderer. Um, so, you know, at that very sort of basic level, um, I suppose pain is, is part of life. It's essential. It's, it's how, we, how we cope with bad stuff happening. Um, on a sort of psychological level, um, you know, I suppose that's how we learn to avoid certain experiences you know so if you Mm. you know you put your hand in the fire for example as a child not knowing what you're doing and it's ouchy Mm. then you know not to do it again and so you build up that bank of things Mm. and Mm. then you know i guess for good and ill because also sometimes if we experience psychological pain we then don't want to put our hand in the fire as it were Mm. so it could be you get a broken heart so you don't Trust, yes. you know, relationships again, or, or you know, or you're neglected as a child, or mm. you know, so you find it difficult, you know, so that so pain, 
that can be a debilitating thing because you 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 know it's you, you sort of run away from stuff that actually you need to face and you need to go through um no pain no gain mm. so it's it's a tricky one isn't it i think pain is a bit of a blunt instrument <laughs> mm. if, I, if i can put it like that it's a bit of a it's sort of apt way of putting it i suppose it's you know it's a sort of instinctive thing isn't it it's a sort of i suppose it's it's chemicals and and uh uh, nerves and synapses and all that kind of stuff triggering, isn't it? Um, so pain does serve um, a use. So suffering, it seems to me that mm. there's two forms of suffering. So there's mm. there can be self-inflicted pain. So like the freedom God has given us, humans can sort of misuse it through mm-hmm. murder, war, theft greed selfishness resentment and then number two acts of god as they are called in the insurance world i don't know if they still (laughs) call them acts of god but i think they they do they do okay Mm. um so earthquakes viruses tornadoes um Mm. and of course wasps (laughs) (laughs) yes well i i went to the black forest once and hmm. uh, I may be misremembering this, but I'm pretty sure I got stung on seven different occasions in the Black no Forest way. as a little kid. So, uh, wow. yeah, they're not my favorite thing. Although I do understand that they play a very important role in um, nature. So I guess the first one, so the self-inflicted pain that humans are sort of responsible for you you could say we're responsible for um even then it seems to me a little unfair of god to allow someone to be say like born into a family where their father is violent and their mum is an alcoholic say um and there's Mm. little attention or love given to the child that Mm. seems Mm. like why would god why, even yeah. allow that to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right to 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 look at those two things. Um, you know, the suffering and pain, which is the which is the result of human choice, and then suffering, which doesn't seem to be the result of anything. It just, mm. you know, it's just it just is. Mm. Um, and and how, what part does God play in that? Well, I suppose you could ask mm. yourself, um, if if we're going to pin the blame on God. Um, then what is it? What who? Which God are we pinning the blame on? Put it that way. Uh, the, the old argument is that you know, the, and I think what lies behind the why question is that if God is um, all powerful, but also all loving and all good, mm. then why doesn't He use His all powerful faculty, if you like, or attribute? to serve his all-loving attribute. So why doesn't mm. he use his power to stop us from suffering? Yeah. Um, and and it's a totally fair question, and mm. it's it's one that I don't have an easy answer to um, because I think there is such a lot of suffering in the world, and mm. I think you particularly, you know, the suffering of, in, of innocent children and, and people who couldn't really ever be held... You know, I mean, there's always there are always cases where you could say, well, you know, he only had himself to blame. If he'd only t- listened to people's advice, he wouldn't have ended up whatever. 
but then the you know so you, in some ways you can you you know you can you can always say that but with with the suffering of innocent people who mm. particularly children or, or people who've done really nothing nothing to deserve it um it does seem deeply unjust and it mm. seems to call into question the idea that god is both all powerful and all loving mm. now there are some answers to that problem there are some hints that we can that we can suggest um but i think it's worth sitting with the magnitude of the problem before we leap to a explanation because i think a lot of people who lose their faith it's as the result of some great suffering mm. so you lose so someone you love dies before their time for example mm. and you think how could god possibly allow that to happen if god were all powerful surely uh, and he really cared about me surely he wouldn't let me suffer in that way or let my friend suffer or my family mm, members mm. and i think you've just got to sit with that and and you know if you meet someone who's in that situation even as a as a committed christian if you meet someone in that situation to try and explain well it maybe happened because and give a reason for it i think you've got to be very careful because what possible reason could there be for you know the death of a child or something mm, you know mm. read about these children being killed in in gaza mm. and you know and in israel and and you mm. know and it's just horrific yeah yeah sort of collateral damage and you know to try and come up with a reason for that i think is deeply insulting i think you have to live with the pain of it um just and we will get on to some answers because there are constructive answers but you know, I remember hearing a very powerful talk by a woman who was a fellow student of mine um, who was studying theology, and she had um, had a stillbirth. Mm. So her little baby was born, and I think I think was I think had died in the womb, or or died very very shortly after birth. And and uh, and her little girl has a name, and you know, and and she referred to talked about her feelings about her daughter and and how it all felt, and she was very open about it, a very brave thing to do. Mm. And she said that uh, there's one thing that really struck with me. She said that the one thing you want is an answer to the why question, mm. and it's and it's the one thing you don't get. Yeah. And people would come up and say, well, maybe it's for the best. Maybe God need, you know, you got all these cliches, you know, mm. God needed another angel. Mm. You know, and you think, surely not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. surely that's just, you know, or or there's some greater plan there. <sighs> there may be some reason, but I don't think we, any of us get to, to, to draw a sort of, you know, line between, oh, here's something awful and here's why. I think mm. we need to tread incredibly carefully with that mm. because we just don't know why. No. Um, so, so I, I think if we we could we could spend the whole time together talking about the why question, but I'm not sure we would actually get anywhere. Mm. I think it's the question of suffering to me is more about well, given that suffering exists and we're all going to suffer, it's more like it's more of a how question. How do we suffer? How do we suffer well? How do we cope with suffering? And somehow get beyond it, and somehow keep going, and still have hope, and not give up. Because the the why question, I'm not sure there's really an answer. Mm. I don't know. I'd like to know. I'd like to know what you think, though, Rob. Um, I well, I'll start with the story. So I went to a funeral uh, maybe three weeks ago or something like that. Um, it was a neighbour. Um, 
And <laughs> it was kind of embarrassing because I, I went to this funeral and I don't know if other people can relate to this, but um, I mean, I, w- I was a mess. Like I was really crying <laughs> more than I think. <laughs> Mm. most people in there and i th- i think yeah. it was because i'm still you know my brother died about well it would be 11 years ago now and the pain is still there you know it's just under the surface sort of thing yeah. and sometimes it just sort of erupts out and i think um funerals can do that mm. um mm. and i I went back to, <laughs> it was quite, I mean, it's the place to do it. If you're going to cry and mourn and, you know, that that's Absolutely. the place to do it. Mm. Um, but then I tried to talk <laughs> to the family afterwards and I just couldn't even get my words out. I was so choked Bro. up. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> so I, I went and sat in the car Um Get, just trying to calm myself down really before I drove off to the wake. Um, and I, I said to God, God, this better be worth it. You know, mm. this whole th- project of yours, it better bloody <laughs> be worth it. Cause this <laughs> is effing painful, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah so the why, I mean, does the, does the Bible try to answer? Yes, it does. It does. I mean, it it really does. A classic exploration of suffering is the book of Job in the Bible. Do you mm, know the book of Job? Yes. So, yeah. so, so Job is someone who has everything. He has lots of money. He has a wonderful family. He's got it made. And then, uh, it, and it's a sort of myth, really. We don't, no, I don't think Job really existed. Mm. But it's a sort of myth exploring this question of why do we mm. suffer and what's it all about. And... Um, uh, so what happens to Job is he uh, he's he, everything's kushti, <laughs> and then um, we get an insight into this sort of uh, spiritual realm, and uh, this character called the Satan, which just means the accuser, doesn't necessarily mean all the things we associate with the devil, but mm. it just means the accuser mm. comes to God and says, you know, Job only only worships you because he's got everything that he wants. As soon as he loses everything he'll turn his back on you, God. You know, he doesn't really care about it, doesn't really love you. And God says, no, that's not true. Job is 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 a good servant. And so the devil says, or Satan says, uh, okay, so let me let me test him and then we'll see what happens. And God says, all right then. And it, you know, there's a lot of troubling things about the idea of God <laughs> making a sort of wager like that, but it's well, just, yeah. it's, a, it's a sort of legend, right? Yeah. So don't, you know, don't take it with a pinch of salt. But uh, anyway... The, um, the Satan gets permission to to test Job, and uh, and his you know awful things happen to him. His half his family die, he loses all his money, ends up covered in boils. Mm, you know, it's just grim, nasty. And uh, and he's and he's and and his wife says to him, his wife's not much help. His oh, wife yeah. says to him, "Oh, just just curse God and die." <laughs> she says, "You know, it's like thanks for that." You know, like. <laughs> When I needed you, you were there for me, wife. Uh, I just cursed God. Now. Jo- but Job, to his credit, I mean, he has a good old moan. And Job is a long book. He has a good old moan. But he ends up saying, uh, no, I won't. I won't. I won't. Whatever whatever God does and whatever happens, whether I understand it or not, I'm not going to curse God. 
you know, I'm going to remain faithful. And, uh, and he does, but, but he has various friends that come alongside him and it plays out almost like a kind of play, you know, um, his friends come along, give him different advice and that kind of stuff. Um, and some of them reckon actually Job must have done something to deserve it, really. You know, that underlying all of that, there must be something that he'd done. Mm. Um, and in the end, uh, I mean, you should read the book and find out what happens, but I'll sort of try and praise it. The, the, um, in the end, God does speak to him, and, and Job comes very close to cursing God, but he doesn't. He comes very close, but, but God in the end says to him, look, were you there when I made the world? Do you, do you know all things? Are you... And he goes into this big poetic thing all about creation and about all the um, incredible things in nature and the and the world that God has made, and and that's God's answer. It's like you know, who are you to question me? Because the world is way more complex and wonderful than you could ever imagine. Mm. And Job's kind of like, oh, okay then. But it's not a very, it's not, it's not the, it's not an answer really to the why question, uh, not the one we expect. Um, but but Job is left, I think, with no other recourse than just to trust in God, even though he doesn't understand. Mm. And then he does actually have a lot of his life is restored to him in the end. Um, so it's a it's a it's a funny old tale. Um, and you know, Saint Paul picks up on some of that reasoning as well. You know, who are you to question God? We, you know, who are we to to try and understand the mystery of suffering? Um, Mm. And, you know, I've never found that a particularly satisfactory answer personally, but nevertheless, it is kind of what we just have to do, you know. Um, the, so, so yes, the Bible does explore that, um, and it, it, it explores it in some other ways too, I guess. Um, in the Psalms in particular, a lot of that, and I'm getting toward the New Testament here, but in the Psalms, the, uh, the Psalm writer quite often just says to God, why is this happening to me? Why mm. am I suffering? Have you turned your back on me, God? Mm. And sometimes the psalm writers um, write as if both good and evil come from God. So I was reading a psalm this morning that said, um, you know, how, how many are the um, adversities you have shown me, and yet you've been faithful. So the, the Bible, a lot of the Bible writers act as if, well, you know, if God is God, then everything comes from God, and we need to accept it, whether we understand it or not, and however awful it is. Um, and then sometimes they'll try and explain it. So they'll say, well, you know, particularly with with uh, recourse to Israel, to the people of Israel. So why were the people of Israel suffering? Why did they get sent into exile? It must have been because they'd angered God, or they'd displeased God, mm. they'd played false to the covenant, um, that they'd made, and so God punished them. Um, and, you know, you can find that theology there if you want to. Um, but then something slightly different happens when we get to New Testament, I think. Mm. Um, one of the books that Jesus quoted most, actually, were was the Psalms. And if you remember, when Jesus is on the cross, he cries out, My God, my God, oh. why have you forsaken me? which is from Psalm 22. Right, yeah. Um, and that is the cry of all who suffer. My God, my God, why have you mm, forsaken? Why have mm. you abandoned me? Why does it, when it seems like I need you the most, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really suffering and, and, you know, and like to die. Um, and Jesus doesn't get an answer either, mm. except that he kind of does because 
there's the resurrection, right? So Jesus is literally on the cross. It's his final words. My God, my God, why have you saved me? He dies, but then he's raised to new life. And, and, and you know, <laughs> it's... It's it's this deeply puzzling thing that, that for generations Christians have tried to work out why did Jesus die? Why did he have to die? What did his death achieve? What did all that suffering and pain that he went through achieve? Well, there's different answers you can make to that. But one answer to it, and sorry, I will stop talking and let you get a word in, Rob, but the mm. one of one of the answers is that you know, we we don't serve as Christians, we don't serve a God who is a million miles above suffering. We serve a God who came into the human condition, who was tempted, who um, knew pain, who knew bereavement, who knew loss, who knew rejection, who knew betrayal, uh, and ultimately who was tortured and put to death in the, in the most horrible way imaginable, mm. um, and yet refused to curse God and also refused to curse human beings. You know, mm. I mean... So the, the whole thing gets kind of turned on its head. So, so, so that is one Christian answer to the problem of suffering, and it's to me, it's probably the best one. Is that well, we serve a God who Himself has suffered mm. um, as one of us and knows what it's like, and also knows that suffering isn't the the end. That there is always something after suffering, beyond suffering, beyond death, even, um, which does. It doesn't make suffering any less painful, but it does put it into some kind of context, which is um, new life. Mm. So that's that's <laughs> that's a very very short and potted biblical theology of suffering. Yes, amazing, <laughs> amazing that you can just do that at the drop of a hat. Well, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be interested to know what you find um, if you find anything helpful in that, Rob. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just being cheeky. Um, I I actually, I think Job is one of my favourite bits of okay. the Bible. Yeah, yeah. What I've come to understand from it, um, when God says, where were you when I made all this? Mm. It kind of makes sense to me. It makes sense to me that, I mean, I as a human being with my ape brain <laughs> cannot fathom god's love and god's intention and and um you know i've said this before it's a bit like trying to explain to a cat algebra <laughs> or even two plus three you know <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. never going to get it um so i can understand that there is a kind of a whole aspect to life that i just can't get maybe it will be revealed mm to me at some point, to all of us at some point. Um, if And I heard this from um, Bishop Barron. He's a Catholic priest. Mm -hmm. I saw something he did about this. And he talked about kind of God painting this amazing picture or writing this massive, long novel. Mm. And we're just seeing a tiny bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the suffering we go through seems massive to us, mm. but sort of in the whole grand project, it's um, it's not. Mm. So I get, I guess that kind of makes sense to me, and I think that's what Job sort of hints at. Mm. Um, 
So, I mean, we need to do an episode on on this, but as you said, I mean, were you kind of talking about heaven, the life after? Well, I hadn't. <laughs> yeah, interesting. I hadn't. I hadn't quite gone there, but it's the. It's probably the next place to go. I mean, I think I was more thinking about, you know, for for Jesus, it's death and resurrection, and and obviously the ascension as well to sit at God's right hand, whatever that means. But but the the key, I suppose, the key thing is yeah, death followed by resurrection, which is which is what church has always taught is our final destiny that we will all die, but we will all rise. Um, now you mm. know you can we can go round and round the houses about what that looks like and when it happens and what's the difference between resurrection and heaven and blah, 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 blah. But the, the, the key mm, point mm. is that death is not the end. Um, and so, yeah. And tantalizingly, you know, having said all that about pain being essential, uh, to life at the, when we started talking, um, the, the Christian vision of heaven has always been of a place where there is no suffering and there is no pain. Um, yeah, those things yeah. are consigned in traditional Christianity are consigned to hell. So hell right. is a place yeah. of torment and pain and suffering, um, which has all its own set of problems um, and questions about it. Um, but it does also point to a separation of life, death, you know, suffering, comfort, uh, you know, good and evil a final se- separating out of those things that are intertwined in our lives. So so in our lives, right. if you love someone, then you will suffer because, you know, you love someone and yet we're all imperfect beings. So we all uh, let each other down and, you know what I mean, we, we, you know, we hurt mm-hmm. each other. So if you make yourself vulnerable mm-hmm. in this life, you will get hurt as well as, you know, experiencing all the wonderful things that come through, through loving. But in heaven, all the all the rubbish stuff will be sort of burned away, as it were, and we'll just be left with the wonder and the and the beauty and the joy of love. Um, mm. So it's a kind of purified state, I suppose. Um, but it's hard for us to imagine because, like I said before, we you know we we can only imagine life with pain being part of it, you know. But it's uh, it's pretty good though, isn't it? <laughs> You know, <laughs> so, yes. you know who who yes. wouldn't want that? Um, <laughs> so it, yeah, no wasps. Yeah, no wasps in heaven, baby. <laughs> you know, or the or all the wasps have no stingers. You know, somebody once amusingly described wasps to me as, uh, and I quote, "part of the fall." Right? Oh, right. <laughs> yes, which, yes. I was going to ask you that actually. Yeah. So yeah. when we talked about the the two. Uh, forms of suffering so self-inflicted human pain and an acts of god so is can we blame the self-inflicted human pain on the fall uh, well certainly not the band uh, <laughs> not marky it's not all marky smith's <laughs> fault no um uh well some theologians and some christians would would like to i think the the fall story of course for those who not familiar with that terminology is the story of Adam and Eve. So right back at the beginning of the Bible, mm. God creates a good world, still has a snake in it. So there's still, you know, there's some, when we talked about this early on in the podcast, if you want to listen back to some of those episodes, but um, 
but the so there's still this sort of potential of evil, um, but mm. basically the world that God creates is good. Human beings come along, we disobey God, we screw up, and the whole world falls, right? It falls from grace. That's that phrase, really. Um, so, again, one explanation of suffering is that, you know, the world started out good, good um, even perfect, but because of our disobedience, pain, suffering, death even, came into the world, that we're never part of God's original plan for the world, but because of our disobedience, uh, those things came as a kind of consequence or a penalty. It it kind of, um, through my social work background, mental health background, it kind, that story sort of has made sense to me because, you know, I would work with people mm. and I, part of the job was to see what their history was and what their family history yes. was. And you could see like the ripple effect mm. of people's behavior. So like, for instance, their grandfather's behavior towards their father. Yeah. And then their father could um, have the same behaviors, mm. you know, I don't know, anger or abuse or sure. some, you know, and this would ripple through generations of of people. So it kind of makes sense to me that that story in a way mm. um, that yeah, humans had the, I guess the, the freedom to be idiots and it's sort of it has rippled through mm. generations. Yeah. I probably shouldn't bring this up now. It's probably too late, but the devil, uh, yeah, it is is this character called the devil mm. got anything to do with all this suffering? Well, <sighs> that probably is a whole topic in itself, but but yeah. the short answer is yes. I mean, you know, whether you believe in a personal devil or whether you believe in a sort of malevolent force of evil in the world. Or, or whether you just believe that evil is a result of, you know, human choices. Um, I think the the reality of evil is is undeniable. Um, so Christians have tended to 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 sort of portray evil in this personalized form, um, not as an equal and opposite to God, um, but as a kind of uh, lesser force, if you like. So God is still. Or is it? Is it? Uh, I've heard it called an absence of God. Yeah, that's an interesting way of putting it. Yeah. So you could do. You could. I think. Yeah, you could say that it's it's the sort of everything that God is not. Um, mm, mm. I think the, the Christian tradition has wanted tended to want to give it a bit more of an active role than that. I think that you know there's there's. Right. Um, you know, there's a whole mythology around it, if you like, or that, that the devil is a fallen angel. So the angels are there as God's messengers and God's servants. One one uh, one angel decides he wants to have more power, and so he squares up to God and challenges him, and then is and then is is sort of cast down as a punishment. But now roams the mm. earth trying to screw things up for <laughs> for believers. Um, 
mm-hmm. you know, and there's one verse that says the devil prowls around like a like a prowling lion, you know, waiting to devour good Christians, you know. Um, again, yeah, we could go off on a, a million different tangents with that, but but yeah, I mean, it, I think maybe the thing to say is that if you if you want to inflict suffering on other people then you will find forces only too willing to collaborate with you. Um, right. So that's one way we could think of the devil. Uh, and, you know, there are many, many temptations in this world that are very powerful, um, that are ultimately destructive things that I don't think come from God. Mm. So, um, you know, again, the classic example is that, or the classic portrayal of that is that that's the devil, you know, tempting us. Um how how the devil fits into the whole thing with God and humanity and everything is really difficult to ascertain. You know, uh, uh, you know. I think you can get into yes. all kinds of hot water there. Um, mm, mm. So yeah, I don't even want to really go there. But the um, funnily enough, I think for me, it's almost easier in my day to day life as a Christian to act as if Satan was a real. Uh, being because it gives me somewhere to kind of go with with those uh that resistance you know so to say you know the classic thing not today satan not today <laughs> you know that right, kind of yes. thing of i'm yeah. gonna fight against what i know to be wrong today you know in myself and in yeah. society and uh, and the devil is a sort of it's a sort of shorthand for all of that um Yes. Uh, so, did we come up with an answer? Well, no, no. Cause... I don't think we've answered the the why question, but we maybe begun to answer the how question. How should we suffer? Well, I think it's it's by to me the antidote to despair is trust. And so, even though we live in a world that's painful and full of suffering and awful things, we have we have to choose still to trust in God. I think. Um, because uh, you know, we're either we're trusting that there's there's some purpose to it, or we're trusting that even if there isn't a purpose to it, there's nevertheless a good God who wants to love us and save us through it. So, um, so I think it's, and that to me all becomes clear in the person of Jesus, who has walked through the valley of the shadow of death, and has come out the other side. You know, so. Um, he didn't get an answer to that why question, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But the answer that he got was, you know, he didn't get a verbal answer, put it this way, something, or something that we could mm. roll out in the podcast. Um, mm. but, he, but the answer that he got was the resurrection. In the end, the suffering was put into context and was nothing compared to the, the explosion of, of new life. So, so maybe that's where we need to try and get to ourselves. Tough, though it may be. Amazing. Martin, as always, you, you've done a sterling job. Oh, <laughs> a very well, tough subject. Well, so so, you, Rob, um, thank you for, your, for sharing your experiences too, because I think it's when we, when we share what life is really like for us as Christians that we, we discover we're not alone in it, you know? So thank mm, you for sharing mm. your thoughts and experiences too. Thank you. Right, okay. We'll um, uh, see everyone in our next episode. Yes. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. 
Thank you so much for listening to God Botherers. If you would like to get in touch, please contact us at godbothererspodcast.gmail.com. You can also follow us on our Facebook page. Just search for God Botherers Podcast. It would help us immensely if you could rate, like, subscribe and share our podcast however you can. Easter is fast approaching, so I think Martin and I will discuss that in our next episode. What's it all about? Did Jesus really rise from the dead? What have eggs got to do with it? Listen next time to find out. Until next time, bye for now. Mm